Greetings, salutations, and welcome to the Thursday edition of Sports Talk. I am Scott Brady, along with Lauren Tate, who's here with us for this first hour of the program. Evans in, in our number two. All kinds of goodies to get to today. We still have some uh, glow left from media days to to process. It's hard to get your mind after the two days of that stuff, you know, isn't two it? Heavy days of it. Yeah. Yep. And the the columns and the articles continue about conference realignment no real new answers for us in the last 24 hours uh, but a couple of nuggets i came across that i might like to run by you mr okay. tate uh also the non-conference schedule is officially out for illinois basketball no big surprises on it because we knew most of the marquee games and um, also hoping here to visit with Luke Goody from Illinois Basketball. He's uh, in the area here in the neighborhood, so to speak, of our studios. And uh, we may get a chance to talk with him here in studio. Scott Ritchie's going to visit this hour. He uh, was at Media Days as well. I want to get his take on some of what was heard and seen over in Indianapolis yesterday. And next hour, some baseball chatter with Evan Kahn and myself with Adrian Burgos Jr., history professor here at the U of I, and was key in helping the Cuban Comet, the late Minnie Minoso, become inducted into the Hall of Fame this past weekend. He was out in Cooperstown. We'll visit with him. He's still in New York. Uh, but uh, he, he got to see some special events over this past weekend. So we'll check in with him on that. Mr. Tate, it is official. It was announced yesterday. Eastern Illinois is the opener for Illinois basketball Monday, November 7th. At the State Farm Center, Friday, November 11th, Kansas City, Monday, November 14th, Monmouth. I think that is actually tied to the uh, event in Las Vegas. That's the other team in it. I think all those other teams are playing them, playing Monmouth as well. The Friday after Thanksgiving, Lindenwood is in. Mm-hmm. And then we knew about the Big Ten ACC Challenge on Tuesday, November 29th. A December game against Alabama A&M on Saturday, December seventeenth. And well, I'm talking about home games. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> because we knew the other ones. All right. And uh, a December 29th game against Bethune Cookman. So there's your your home slate. The only other home game to be announced in uh, December would be one of the Big Ten games. Right. It's an underwhelming list of opponents for the home for the home schedule. For it the really home is. schedule. You're right. I think. This is my take. I want to know your take. On balance, you have scheduled marquee neutral site road games in November and December. and uh, Those are non-returnable. Well, right. It's not a home and home. I know. And, and that's, what, that's why you can't get them to come here. Because if, if you got them to come here, you'd have to go there the next year. Yeah, you got to go lose. Right. I mean, that's. <laughs> I'm not saying that's what would happen, well, but that's too how, bad. that's but the we, calculus. We do of have cal- ten really good Big Ten games at home, but I, I would say the rest of the home schedule is really poor. Yeah, you got ten Weak. home games. The ACC game is uh, a little bit based on the luck of the draw, but you do get mm-hmm. a power opponent in, in in Syracuse. But here's here's what I'm saying on balance: you play everybody else neutral sites, and if at the end of the year the schedule helps you be in the uh, in March Madness and advance further in the sweet, into the Sweet 16 or beyond, I think all is forgiven. But 
I, I could understand if a fan looks at that and goes, meh, to some of those opponents. Well, November is not a se- – yeah, the team's not going to be ready in November, really. Uh, not up to speed. And it'll take a while for this team to get – these are all new – these guys are all learning about each other. What I don't understand is I, – I understand it from what do you have to lose in home and homes besides the game? <laughs> okay, well, let's take Baylor talking, for example. Let's take Baylor for an example. Okay. If you scheduled Baylor this year, home and home, so you did home with you, you host them this year, and you go play them in Waco next year. That's, that's tough. That's assuming they want to. Exactly. They and may that's, not want to. That's hard, but you just cannot get um, the, the the economy of college basketball just doesn't allow for that. You're, this is a historic problem. Yeah. Going way back. And just look at any other. Go look at uh, you know. Anybody else that has released their non-con, I think it's a similar type uh, type of schedule. So that's uh, uh, part of what we got going on. Luke Goody is going to join us here on the program. We will talk with him in a moment, and then Scott Ritchie is in as well. Off and running here on Sports Talk. You're back on Sports Talk. Got a special surprise for us. Didn't uh, didn't know this to earlier today, but Luke Goody from Illinois Basketball in the neighborhood doing some business. Yes, and, sir. And uh, good enough to, to step in here to studio. Really appreciate your time. Great to see you. How's summer? Uh, it's going really well. We are uh, kind of wrapping up the summer right now. Um, had a lot of workouts this year and a lot of weight room work with Fletch as well. And uh Everybody's kind of working together and working hard, and we're excited to see what what we can bring together this year. Hot off the press, the finalized non-conference schedule for you. So you know your schedule at this point, at least all the opponents when it comes to the Big Ten. But it starts November 7th against Eastern Illinois. Do you kind of circle that on the calendar? Is there sort of a, a countdown in your mind to all of that when you are working out now four months away? Yeah, definitely. Um, the whole summer we're going against our own teammates, guys in the same color jerseys, and uh, you're always looking forward to playing a different team. You put in all the hard work during the summer um, with the same guys. Like I said, just going against each other um, eventually gets kind of old, and you just uh, want to go different against a different color jersey. So we're excited for that first for the first game, and we're uh, ready to go. Yet these guys <coughs> that you're playing against right now are, are they still at least a little bit unfamiliar with all the with with the transfers that have come in, and Terrence and Matthew, and then all the freshmen as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we've been here for two and a half months now, so we're really getting used to each other and kind of our game styles. But it is different when you have a complete turnover of the roster. Uh, obviously, new faces are in there, so you got to get used to those guys' games and what they're good at and what they're not good at. But uh, in terms, you know, being familiar with the games, we're definitely more familiarized than we were before, and we're uh, becoming more confident as a team for sure. Luke Coleman Hawkins talked about positionless basketball. What does that mean for you? Uh, for me, when you talk about positionless basketball, it's a bunch of guys that can go out there and do whatever they're asked. Uh, we got a bunch of guys on the team that are long, athletic guards and wings that can really just play any position. I mean, you got Coleman. You guys watched him last year play anywhere from the on the ball in the press, like a one, two, even to a five. I mean, he was guarding Zach Eady and bigger guys like that. So when you got multiple guys like that, Matthew Meyer, Terrence Shannon, RJ, uh, Ty, other wings that we got, um, you can really expand on a lot of things in the game. Have you been, is it working out that way in practice? I mean, a, as you play against each other, or are there are there specific uh, guards, just guards and centers? 
Um, I would say it's it's a lot like that. It's a lot of uh, positionless basketball, and you know we kind of have a lot of uh, ideas behind what we want to do in terms of uh, positionless stuff like that. But there's a lot more guys that can kind of uh, make a play for themselves and have a little more freedom this year. So, is is Sky Clark uh, okay? I mean, is he uh, is he uh, is he practicing 100 percent? Sky Clark, yeah, he's a great player. Um, in regards to him, he's you know doing great with his knee. He's really become healthy, and he's uh, he's playing good basketball right now. So we're excited to have him have him uh, for this season, and you know he's going to be a great point guard and a great player for us. Luke Goody is with us. How long do you think it takes to build the chemistry you want as a team with so many new faces, be it young or old? I think every single day from now until the very last. Uh, buzzer of the season we're building chemistry I mean there were times last year where we went through hardships that you know our chemistry really kept us in it and uh, I think that like I said it builds every day when we start now um, getting the new guys in develop developing them into the culture and then you know it continues throughout the year there becomes more and more hardships and stuff that we run into and you know the only thing that you can bounce back on is the culture and kind of the chemistry that you have so every day we're going to come into the gym and be able to build that chemistry trust each other and you know win basketball games. Lauren brought it up, and we think about this positionless basketball. And when I think of that, I'm thinking offense. Mm -hmm. Does that apply to defense? Yeah, for sure. I mean, last year we, uh, it was kind of obvious what we did in our defense. Didn't really switch much. Um, you know, kind of had deep drops in the ball screens. But this year, I mean, they're it opens up a whole a whole new option for whatever we want to do in terms of guard on guards and uh, guard on big, stuff like that on defense. Uh, we can really move different pieces in terms of matchups, switching, all that stuff. I mean, when you got guys that, you know, can guard from the two to the five, one to the four, it's, uh, it's a, lot, a lot different of a look than last year for sure. Are there, are there aspects of it that you uh, are asking for or wanting? Have you said, hey, coach, let me do this, let me do that on defense because of the versatility? Um, honestly, no. Since I've been here, my kind of philosophy for myself is just do a coat's ass, honestly. Like, I'll go here and there asking, uh, just, you know, suggesting things or just saying stuff. But in terms of, like, the holistic approach and the whole view of everything, I just let coach do it and I, you know, be coachable and kind of bring the guys along with me. So We're talking with uh, Luke Goody. Um, Under Brad Underwood will always say that, has always said that defense takes the longest time to, to gel on, to build the to build the culture you want, not just the values of it, but the actual execution of it. Do you feel the same way as a player? Is that a coach talking or is that uh, a truism for basketball? No, I agree with you. Um, it's one thing everybody talks about communication, but communication and having that chemistry and the belief that your teammate is going to be behind you if you get beat off the dribble or one of the bigs is going to come over and block a shot if you get beat off the dribble. I mean, that's just something that builds or that builds over time, that chemistry and stuff like that, the knowingness of your guy and your teammate that's going to have your back. So I think that definitely takes a longer time to develop. Um, our approach this summer has been a little bit different in terms of defensively. We're really, really focused on defense. Last summer, it was a lot of, you know, shooting skill development. We're still doing a lot of that this summer. Don't get me wrong. Um, we're in the gym every day, you know, working on our games. But we're also really focused on defense because I think um, this team, with the length we have, the speed we have, and the athleticism, it could be a very, very special defensive team. Well, I think that it's a tremendous advantage if you can switch every position. I mean, that's just a that's, – that, that beats all other defenses, I think. Any, any talks about zone at all? Um, no, we haven't really talked about zone, um, anything like that right now. Uh, we're mostly, I mean, 
typically Brad Underwood is a uh, right. man-to-man team, you know, gritty. I'm not uh, suggesting you should. Team. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, uh, no, we have not really talked about anything zone-related yet. Well, you're going to be going against the zone. You play Syracuse here. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> orange on orange. Yep. <laughs> and they have big wings. I don't even know who they are, but they'll have, <laughs> they'll have long wings. Well, um, what takes place for you from now until the start of, of uh, school and then after school? When do you start actual practice? Yeah, so we're about a little under two months away from our first official practice. Uh, not exactly sure on the date there, but um, coming forward for us, we get a little bit of a break, get to come home August 3rd, uh, come back the 21st before school starts. So really just some time for the guys to you know, refresh their minds, get a little mental restart, and then uh, while working at our games as well, but just to go home and get some family time before you know the year rolls around because once the season starts and the school year starts, we're really locked into everything, everything basketball, everything Illinois, everything school. So all that, you know, going home and family time stuff is limited throughout the year. So uh, the coaches do a great job allowing us to go home and spend some time with them. Quick so. comment on Shannon and Meyer. What do you see out of those guys? Terrence Shannon is a very special basketball player, and Matthew Meyer is a very special basketball player as well. They're going to be great players, and the Illini Nation will love to watch them play basketball this year. We are visiting here for just a few more minutes with Luke Goody. Good to make some time with us. Uh, the schedule, do you like it? I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, as you guys saw last year, we lost to a really good team in the tournament, and uh, we played a really good team before them. So the teams that we play, you know, non-conference are just going to build us up to that. When you got teams on there such as Syracuse, UCLA, potentially Virginia, Baylor, when you got big names, Texas and Madison Square Garden, I mean, we're playing against the best of the best non-conference, and that's just a testament to Coach Underwood, um, our assistant coaches, and you know the whole program. When you can build a schedule that is that good and people can talk about it the way that people are talking about our schedule means something so hopefully that'll propel us and progress us into being peaking at the right time at the end of the year how do you like to the opportunity just to go play in madison square garden to go to go to vegas of course you get uh, bragging rights uh by the arch i mean all these just these big cities these great cities to go see yeah i mean you know it's special growing up uh being a huge basketball fan living in the midwest all you know is basketball and you know growing up watching these games in madison square garden and these uh vegas tournaments and games and all that stuff i mean it's really cool just to be able to know that you're gonna be wearing a jersey on espn playing in those games so it's uh it's exciting um all the guys on the team i know are excited the coaches are excited and we're uh ready for a great season we just got back from yesterday's media days for football, and um, y y was there ever – when did it become clear to you, I should say, because uh, you were a high school quarterback. When did it become clear, it's basketball, that's the way I'm going. Was there ever a time, too, when you look back and went, I wonder if, what if? He's I from am? Indiana. <laughs> I know. I know it's maybe a state law that you have to play basketball, but, um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, just was there ever a moment where you were like, I wonder if I should just go with football? Uh, honestly, no. I mean, um, I've always told people that I love basketball and I just liked football. I enjoyed it. Um, it was a great time in high school. Loved playing football. Loved playing for the school that I did and all my teammates and stuff like that. But it just got to a point where, you know, I, my heart was in basketball. And you, my parents always told me, you got to do something that you love. Um, so that's kind of when, you know, I decided that I, I love basketball and that's what I want to do at the next level. So you're going to get to go home. You said to, to Fort Wayne for a few weeks, uh, what do you love about Fort Wayne, besides obviously seeing your family, I'm sure? Yeah, of course. Uh, all my friends back there, of course. Um, but, I mean, it's just a city that's given me everything. I mean, I grew up in that city, great people. Um, I mean, my high school is 
one of the best high schools in the state in terms of sports, academically, all that. So, I mean, Fort Wayne has just blessed me with everything, and I can't wait to get back there to see friends, uh, family, cousins. I mean, everything's back there, so it'll be a good time. And home of the Fort Wayne Tin Caps. Yes, of course. <laughs> By the way, you got a teammate going to Indiana this year, don't you? Uh, he's going to Purdue. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, from my high I'm school. Sorry. Yeah, Fletcher right. Royer, he's going okay. to Purdue, so... We'll get to play them. Uh, I think we play them twice or once. I'm not. I'm not 100 percent sure, but I know we'll beat them. So yeah, <laughs> Fletcher's hearing that. Did you ever see something. anything like at Purdue though? The, the just the surroundings when you're playing there. Yeah, when it's, it's all black. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, you go there. Growing up, I went to you know a few games at IU and Purdue, and then you go back to the schools and actually you know are on the court and you can't even hear the guy sitting next to you talk to you. So uh, when you get in, in an atmosphere like that with all the fans and um, of course being from Indiana, I had friends in the student section at IU and Purdue, so got those texts before the game. But it was cool, you know, to look up in the stands and see family members and people you know, and then at the same time being actually able to play in the game was a, a surreal moment. Well, the way they've orchestrated that at Purdue, I think they've actually passed Indiana in terms of the atmosphere. It's just spooky. I mean, and they're all together on it. Everybody knows what to do and when to do it. Yeah, exactly. Their student section was great. Uh, it was really loud, really, really loud at Purdue. And uh, obviously they got us, but we'll, we'll see if we can turn that around this year. What are you mm-hmm. going to do if you get switched off on Edie? <laughs> <laughs> Don't let him get an easy layup. <laughs> boy, that's that's not – boy, he's tall, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, Sacrifice he, yes. the body. <laughs> yeah, he made Kofi look small, and you guys all know how big Kofi is. So. <laughs> Well, Luke, I appreciate popping in here. Uh, best uh, All the best to you as you finish up these kind of summer workouts. You get a little bit of time off and then hop to it. November 7th is actually not that far away. Exactly. So. We're excited. Very excited. Uh, all the best to you, and we really we appreciate your time. Thank you. Yes, sir. Of course. Thank, Thank you. you guys for having me. Okay. That's Luke Goody here in studio with us on Sports Talk. Scott Ritchie's going to pop in before the hour's out as well. Sports Talk on this Thursday. Thanks to Luke Goody for paying a visit. Surprise visit, huh? Like that. Appreciated that. Um, caught an article today, Lauren, uh, uh, by John Wilner, who was, you, maybe you recall, the reporter who first broke the news about USC and UCLA. So mm-hmm. he's kind of in the know on the Pac-12. Yeah. Article, maybe it's more of a column. Mm-hmm. His opinion on it as it comes to the future of the Pac-12, he says, may hinge a bit on ESPN. And here's how that would come into play in his opinion. If you're a Pac-12 school right now, you want ESPN to have a slice of the Big Ten pie, but not too big or not too small. And that sounds like what it might be. Yeah. If it gets a little too big then ESPN's incentive to want Pac-12 games is less, you know. And if it's too small, then that that affects the dynamic as well. So they want the, the, the ESPN to just have enough of the piece of the Big Ten pie, so to speak, that they're still interested in the Pac-12. Well, the thing that the Big Ten's going to try to do now, and they have to work with their TV partners to do this, is to have four starting times. On a Saturday. 11, 2.30. And a late game. The fourth one would be a late game on the West Coast. Oh, I see. And So 11, 2.30, and that's 5.30. And re- that's going to really hurt because UCLA and USC will outdraw the other teams in the Pac-12 
what is now the Pac-12. And, of course, we're talking about two more years here. Uh-huh. But right now, I mean, when that, when that happens, they're going to diminish the viewers of the Pac-10 when it becomes a Pac-10 if, if they don't add anybody. And I would think that, that that's, that's all part of the TV thing. That would probably be ESPN doing that. I don't know that for sure as, as to who's going to do it, but one of the partners is going to one of the TV partners is going to have that game late every Saturday. I saw somebody quip that the Pac-12 should become the Pac X, X for ten, as in the days of yesteryear, the sure. Pac, but also X for a variable. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. Uh, speaking of things that are in a state of flux, men's gymnastics. Oh, boy. And Josh yeah, I, Whit- I read that again today, what he said. Yep, here it is. Uh, Josh Whitman was asked yesterday uh, about the future of men's gymnastics. If you, if you don't recall, Illinois men's head coach Justin Spring left hit that position to go take a position in women's gymnastics at Alabama. Um, and uh, Whitman was asked about the future here for men's gymnastics at Illinois. Men's gymnastics is, is in a really delicate place across the country. I think people realize that. There are fewer than 15 programs left nationwide. There's, I can't remember if it's four or five now in the Big Ten Conference. Uh, it's something that we're continuing to monitor. Uh, it, it clearly is a, a sport that has a, a, a bit of a challenge on its hands right now. Uh, I think it remains very strong at the international level. Uh, but in the collegiate space, it's, it's really lost a lot of its sponsorship. And so uh, just something that, that I think we, we recognize uh, and, and are continuing to, to pay close attention to. Um, but it's, uh, you know, it's been a, a big sport for us for a long time. We've got great tradition in it. I think we're one of the, uh, really one of the premier men's gymnastics traditions in, in the country. Uh, that's a responsibility that, that weighs on me heavily. Um, and so we'll just uh, continue to, to navigate in that space as, it, as things evolve. You know, we ought to bring in uh, Yoshi Hayasaki to talk about that. He's still around here. I mean, uh, you, I go back to Charlie Pond and beyond, and Illinois had great gymnastics, men's gymnastics oh, teams. Yeah. But I think when Iowa and Minnesota dropped out, dropped their teams, I think that Justin Springs saw the writing on the wall and is going to the women's side. And what I just heard there from Josh Whitman was uh, nothing to dissuade you from believing that writing on the wall? No, I mean that's obvious. I mean it's really serious. Twelve teams in Division One and one other. There were thirteen teams mm-hmm. in the national championship. I mean the NCA is breaking its own rules by allowing so few teams to compete for a national championship. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad they are, but I mean, I you know they're they're in violation right now. In well, numbers. I admit, I, I knew very little about men's gymnastics until I, I got uh, did some coverage of it starting a few years ago, and it's fascinating to yes, watch. It is. I mean, you want to see some athletes. Terrific stuff. Uh, but it's it's it may be done at the NCAA level, uh, one way or another. Well, eventually, it can. It's only going one direction. Yeah, and that's unfortunate. Oh yeah, I say it's unfortunate because it's a, it's an Olympic sport. Mm-hmm. We're not going to have any soon. Not going to have any collegians contributing to that. You know where one of the best programs is Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. They are a national championship, but they produce Olympians. Mm-hmm. Stanford has a really good one a- as well. I-, I found the article here by John Wilner. 
um, that that I was just mentioning. Uh, the Pac-12 is rooting for ESPN to take a small stake in the Big Ten's inventory. Even better, no stake whatsoever because the network would have more money and broadcast windows available for West Coast content. If ESPN takes a significant stake, that's bad news for the Pac-12, very bad news. NBC also has an important role to play in its contract with Notre Dame. The smaller the stake NBC carves out of Big Ten's inventory, the more cash on hand for Notre Dame. And if Notre Dame gets paid, the chance of further disruption to the Power Five landscape diminishes. I can't, uh, again, we've got to wait a couple of years to see what happens here, but I, you know, I, I, I'm sure Notre Dame is going to get a big bump in its NBC contract. And Nicole Auerbach uh, wrote for The Athletic today basically saying that uh, it's ball in hand for, for Kevin Warren, that Big Ten is indeed the aggressor right now, and uh, they can stand pat, and they can make moves, but they well, don't have to do anything. What, what moves can the Big Ten make that make well, any sense? Well, Yes, exactly, but it no, does not have yeah, to. I don't, I don't see. I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't see anything the Big Ten would want to do now. Well, I agree. I, I mean, think if, that's if that's Notre the Dame sentiment. Changes mind. That's yes. different. Yes, that's 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 the sentiment. That there's nothing that they have to do. There's nothing where they feel like, well, maybe we're behind and we got to make another move. They're in good shape. Yeah. And if Notre Dame comes in, great. Maybe, maybe you could find a way to work in some more of those Pac-12 schools. But By the they... way, I just looked this up today, and Scott Ritchie like to know this. Notre Dame in the last 12 years has played 12, 24 games, and, and none in 2020. 24 games against the Big Ten. 24 football games in the last 12 years. And how many did they lose? Oh, I didn't get the right. Oh. I just counted the, the number of games. I mean, they're playing Ohio State to start the season this year. That's the only Big Ten team they play this year. But they've played Northwestern in the past, Michigan State in the past, Michigan. They've played Purdue. Purdue, yeah. Scott Ritchie is in the house. I just turned on your mic only to say, let's take a break, <laughs> <laughs> if that's all right. I will say that you know, with Michigan, Michigan State, USC in 2024, Notre Dame's usual rivals are all going to be in the Big Ten. A lot of them. Yeah, well, U- yeah. USC and, and Notre Dame have played every year since the 1920s except during World War II and 2020 with the pandemic. So maybe it makes sense for the Irish to join forces with the, the I new wonder, powerhouse. I, w- I just wonder if there will be a spot for UCLA, I mean USC, to play Notre Dame in the future when the, schedule, when the Big Ten scheduling comes about. Something tells me that it will happen no matter what. I do what. too. But it, it would, yes, I agree with that. When you have that long of a, a, a series. All right. Scott Ritchie in the house. Uh, we'll break down more media day yesterday and other uh, basketball items. Stay with us. CU Trade Services, uh, trusted not just by homeowners, but also over 115 apartments for students on the University of Illinois campus being serviced right now by CU Trade Services. They've become a go-to place for both commercial and residential needs. They handle HVAC, plumbing, electrical, and when it comes to HVAC, they use train products, which doesn't just build their products. They've been through the ringer in terms of testing and pushing them to the extreme, so you can be sure that everything's ready to go 
in an extreme environment when it gets super hot or super cold. No sweat for you. No speak. No uh, pun intended there when it comes to CU Trade Services products. Time to get on their maintenance plan. Make sure everything's on the up and up so you don't have to fret when extreme situations come up. Highly recommend them. CU Trade Services are online. CUTradeServices.com. Google them or give them a call. Now at NewsGazette.com, Inside Illini Basketball, our weekly podcast with beat writer Scott Ritchie, who will tell you about a real MVP candidate on the Illinois roster. Assistant coach Tim Anderson. Oh, hey, that's a nice segue because Scott Ritchie is here on Sports Talk. Welcome back from Indianapolis. My highlight yesterday, my highlight yesterday was riding home with you, Lauren, and hearing you cackle in the back seat and... What is going on? You're watching a video, a silent video of a Charlie Chaplin routine with boxing. That's exactly right. Slapstick physical comedy at its best. (laughs) (laughs) I've never heard you laugh so hard. (laughs) The guy, the one boxer is hiding, Scott, behind the referee (laughs) as a shield. And then the referee gets punched and, you know, and then then the referee would duck and the other guy gets punched. Well, that's true. I I did think that. I don't know how that showed up in my Twitter, but it did. How was your time in Indianapolis yesterday, sir? Well, it was certainly busy. Yeah. There was a a lot to accomplish and, you know, a day's worth of of interviews, but uh, it filled the day for sure. The coaches, not just in Illinois elsewhere, rightfully I understand. We all are, what's going on with the Big 10, the conference expansion realignment, coaches are trying to say, "Hey, we got football here it's starting, you know, in a month. Can we talk about that?" So, it, it was a kind of an odd place to be in where most that was swirling around you are things that impact two, three, four, five, ten years down the road as opposed to what's just a month ahead. Yeah, I think when the coaches got to the individual podiums, they were there for an hour. Um, even, you know, Brett Bielma had you know, kind of a post-main dais, you know, gaggle scrum. Like, there, there was some football talk, and I think that's I mean, when you've got an hour to fill at a podium there's going to be questions that are actually relevant to the coming season and <laughs> if football doesn't start in a month football starts in what two days you know, training camp at illinois is uh, going to start on on saturday so it, it's here um i don't know that i learned a lot about you know this, this illinois football things team. you already knew i think in, in, in many cases yeah and that's the thing is like you know covered this team year round uh, and until New things start happening until the honestly until they play Wyoming because we're not going to see much you know, of training camp at all. Like, we added, just won't know if there's anything new. They've added some veteran portal guys, but I don't. We don't even know if those guys. First of all, we don't know if Turner's going to be eligible. Number one, number two, we don't know um, where they're going to fit in or not. Yeah, and that's I mean that's the case I think with almost all of their transfer additions except for Tommy DeVito. There mm-hmm. we have at least. Pretty good indication he's going to be the starting quarterback, yeah. unless yeah. he just totally falls apart in camp and Art Sikowski takes from him. And I, I wouldn't put it past Art. He's got you know a certain confidence to him, um, a swagger that he he believes he's you know good enough to be you know the starting quarterback. So that'd be interesting. Uh, and maybe he is. What I don't understand, I don't know if he could actually catch up in time. I mean, the bottom line is Tommy DeVito. Was here all spring, healthy, yeah. and he's he's got to be the starting quarterback entering camp. So it's got to be his position to lose. Now, if he, 
outside of health issues, if he just kind of falters or has, you know, gets has a weird headspace, maybe Art overtakes him. But I just think Tommy, by default, has to be the starting quarterback against Wyoming and maybe the first few weeks. And then if you got to make a switch, then you have to make a switch. And I don't see how Art could just go leaps and bounds ahead of him in that yeah, short I mean, time. He got all of the classroom time in terms of learning, you know, Barry Lunny's new offense, you know, the – well, he got it on the on the field. I mean, he was out there watching. Yeah. He was he standing just, right behind him. Just didn't make any throws. No, nope. and nope. so I mean, the mental reps are great, but you, you need the physical ones. You, you do, and just to see you know, a play develop with the ball in your hand, like that's important. So, no, it's, it's going to be tough for Artsikowski. Well, a- Isaiah Williams says that it's different. I mean, so that would make it more difficult for the quarterback to learn. Yeah. But uh, but again, I think you're right. I think Devito will start, and and if and if he doesn't start the Virginia game, that sounds very bad for the Indiana game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and well, back to your point, Lauren, with the transfers beyond Tommy Devito, I don't know that there's a well, certainly I don't think there's an impact transfer among the well, Edward, maybe I could be wrong, but there's a lot of unknown. Yeah, that's right. Well, Ed, Edwards, they they talk a lot of. He hadn't he didn't play that well at Northwestern, but. They seem like uh, he should be back in a couple of weeks. I guess he's starting out very slow. He's in uh, has some kind of an injury. Do you know what it is? Uh, he suffered a knee injury, but not like not, a not serious, not a serious one. So yeah. I think what Brad Bielma said, he would probably. I mean, I think this is sort of best case scenario, be back about two weeks out from the Wyoming game. So I, he's probably not going to factor in, you know, early. Um, but I, I know you meant transfers. This year's transfers, mm-hmm. but I kind of count Calvin Hart in that category because yeah. he only played one game last year. <laughs> mm-hmm. Three and a half quarters. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's important. And I think Bryant could be important, but we don't know yet. Well, yeah, a, he a had defensive a defensive end. I mean, you don't mind if I call him defensive end, do you? Everybody else calls him outside linebacker. <laughs> well, I Why, I don't know. I think if he's standing up, he's an outside <laughs> linebacker. If he's got his hand <laughs> on the ground, he's a defensive okay. end. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a very fluid positional system. Uh, I mean, he had a great pedigree coming out of high school. I mean, four star recruit, you know, won a state title in Texas. You know, I don't just hand those out. He um, looks the part. Yeah, he looks like he should be a defensive end or an outside linebacker. Um, we just don't know if he is because he played like what a game at Virginia Tech you know, his first season, then decided to transfer, but decided too late to actually play. You know, last year at Illinois, he's got a lot of eligibility. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, at this point, like I think everyone still has a lot of eligibility. I, I just, I almost don't refer to players by their year in school anymore because it, it's confusing. Yeah, because Isaiah Williams, this is his fourth year at Illinois, and he's a redshirt sophomore. It's just like that one I know because it just sounds so crazy to say. So out he's loud. got two more years after this year if yeah. he wants to stick around. Kind of a big if there mm-hmm. because I think Illinois. For good things to happen to Illinois, Isaiah Williams is going to have a huge season, and then he'd be maybe more inclined to leave. Switching to basketball, uh, big question, of course, is can you, as a professional sports journalist, maintain your objectivity on November 7th when Illinois takes on your alma mater in a game that counts? Yes. Because EIU, that is. Yeah, because you have to understand the background there. It's like when I covered – yeah, you basketball. They were arguably one of the worst Division One programs in the country, um, and I, it hasn't really changed. It was a tough first year for Marty Simmons. They won five games, finished last in the OVC. But 
if you think back to 2017, it was I was even in Charleston, and game counting or not, sat on you know the the baseline, and I did not cheer when the Panthers won that game. Was that the worst day? But you kind of snickered, didn't you? I, 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 I thought it was. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> it can't be the worst day because the worst day is when you lose in the NCAA tournament to Loyola. But the, it was certainly a, a slow start. Well, I mean, it was the f- the first moment really of the Brad Underwood era because mm-hmm. you know his the months leading into the season after his hire, I mean, they count because he's here, but they don't really count. And this game didn't really count, but it it lingered. Is embarrassing because <laughs> you know Brad Underwood brought it up. After Illinois won the Big Ten tournament in Indianapolis, like he's like, and I'm not sure what prompt, what led the what question led to the answer, but he's like, "Do you think I forgot the Eastern Illinois game?" Because he clearly did not, and mm-hmm. how could he? Because it wasn't just a loss; like they got what? beat. Like that second half, Illinois fell apart, and like EIU had some veteran guards, and they just they smelled blood in the water and just took took the Illini down. Well, look, there's 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 some um, smirking here because the home opponents in the rest of this calendar year are the ones of probably high interest are going to be Syracuse, kinda because that's at least a power opponent, and whoever the Big Ten opponent is, the rest are not uh, as interesting compared to these neutral site games against UCLA, Baylor, Virginia, Texas, Missouri. Um, but what could be done about that? That's just the. It feels like this is the ecosystem we live in. I guess, I you guess. Know, Duke and Arizona scheduled their home and home. Well, and Illinois just finished up a you know two year one well three but uh, yeah three but, season you know two game contract as it turned out with Arizona. So you can play those kind of games. You just have to choose to play those kind of games and and find somebody else who's choosing. Yeah, it can't just be a one way street. And Illinois is obviously playing a lot of tough opponents, just none in Champaign. So if, if I was a season ticket holder and I saw the non-conference schedule, I'd be a little bummed that, I mean, you're probably going to see all wins. I guess that's a positive. And if, but if they're not, I mean, that's the, that'd be a huge issue. But yeah, Monmouth doesn't move the needle. Lindenwood doesn't. I mean, they're newly Division One this year, so mm-hmm. there's that compared to the last time they played three years ago when they were not. Right. But, I mean, I think you know, a lot of people from St. Joe be excited about that game. Brandon Trimble. Well, maybe there's on a the better Lindenwood way roster. to do this. Maybe a two-for-one. Maybe you could get Butler to do that. Or maybe you get St. Louis. Or get some teams, you know, that are more quality. And you could lose. But or a Valley team or something. Yeah. I mean, this, is, this is a really weak schedule. At, at home. home. At home. But I, I still say on balance, you've got 25, 26 games that are – we well, got ten good Big Ten games. Every Big Ten game's good. All mm-hmm. ten home games. Yeah, and no matter who you play, schedule as a whole. Again, you have twenty-five tough opponents. So I understand maybe mm-hmm. not wanting to play 30, how, and how thirty-one ma- of them. How many high-power Division One programs have twenty-eight, twenty-nine, thirty high-powered opponents? Well, none of them do. Yeah. So it's not like Illinois is an exception. And how this They're not schedules. an exception, but you do have the Michigan States and the Dukes and some others that play better, play better schedules. And I'd have to look. I, I'm just saying that off the top of my head, but I think I'm right on that. Yeah, I mean right. the fact that Duke scheduled Arizona was interesting because you know Coach K went, he kind of shifted gears and like he was not going to schedule a true road game 
in the first two months of the season against a good opponent. Like, you play him on a neutral, I mean, in the Champions Classic and all that, but he wasn't going to play on the road. John Shire, going to go play at Arizona. Um, that's what, in like two years? Well, the first thing they need to do, and it's a real simple thing, you just take the scheduling away from the coaches. <laughs> no, I'm not saying, like, Illinois needs to schedule, needed to schedule, like, five more high-powered programs, you know. But, like, give your fans one. A couple wouldn't hurt. Evan is in next hour. We'll talk some baseball, too, with Adrian Burgos, Jr. Scott Ritchie, appreciate it. Hey, thanks, guys. Lauren Tate, thank you, sir. Here you Saturday morning. Okay, see you later. Thank you, Luke Goody, for popping in as well. This is News Talk 1400, 93.9 FM, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. News update, and then the second hour coming up.